0: John chapter 8, we find this beginning in verse 21. Then said Jesus unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whither I go, ye cannot come. Then said the Jews, will he kill himself? Because he saith, Whither I go, ye cannot come. And he said unto them, Ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus saith unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, when ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. And he spake these, as he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And they answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, Ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Lord, I pray that today you would help us to, Lord, be grateful that we live in a free country. But Lord, we know that there are many who are in a free country who are wrapped up in bondage. Lord, I pray that they may be set free indeed. Lord, that they may be truly free. Use me now that I may be filled with Thy Holy Spirit and glorify the wonderful name of Jesus in whose lovely name we pray. Amen. We know that freedom is not free. There are many in our church family who have served in the armed forces of our country and they have given their country a blank check and have said, whatever is necessary to preserve freedom, I'm willing to, if necessary, lay down my very life. There's no doubt, and any honest student of history will have to conclude that because of the shed blood of patriots down through the years, we are free from tyranny and oppression, from socialism and communism and all that would oppress us. There's no disputing the fact in the war between the states. There were hundreds of thousands of Americans who laid down their life and shed precious blood so that slaves could go free. And so they did. And we thank the Lord that we're living in a free country and that we can live as free men and women. But having been born in this country or perhaps come to this country and become citizens, there are many who are living in a free country that are not living free. They are in a form of bondage. Perhaps it's in bondage to alcohol or in bondage to drugs or maybe in a bondage to some internet addiction or something else, to bitterness. Yet we can be truly free today. And as we have celebrated the freedom that we have as Americans this weekend we must as believers every day celebrate the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ that was purchased with the price of precious blood. And as we begin to consider the, the statement that Jesus made, that if the Son therefore shall make you free, then ye shall be free indeed. We understand first of all the declaration that Jesus made. The declaration for the Lord in this passage made an unmistakable declaration to the people, here are the rulers of the Jews, as to who He was. And in verse 23 it says, Ye are from beneath, I am from above. He's saying, look, I come from heaven. And then He's saying, Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins for If ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. My friends, make no mistake about it. Right here, Jesus is declaring Himself to be God in the flesh. Once again, in verse 58 in this chapter, we find uh, that Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. He's declaring Himself to be the great I am. To be Jehovah God. And he's bearing witness to his own eternality. When he said I am not of this world. It was a reference not veiled. As to his origin. And he said listen. Except you believe that I am he. Meaning God in the flesh. Ye shall die in your sins. My friends this is the central issue. Of all the ages. It is. Who do you believe Jesus to be? The central issue of the ages is not uh, what humanism would teach us, that man is at the center of his universe. It's not what religion might teach us, that you must follow uh, some rite or ritualistic lifestyle in order to find favor with God. But rather it is, Who do you say that Jesus is? And here Jesus though He stood before them in the form of a man, was the God-man. Though He was the Son of God, He was God, the Son. And it was revealed plainly here. And let me say this to you, that when Jesus said that I am not of this world, He was saying that He was born of God. And my friends, it is absolutely essential for us to believe in the virgin birth of Jesus Christ, or else we may not be saved. Apart from the virgin birth, none of us has one scintilla of hope. Because the virgin birth reveals to us that Jesus was born of God and not uh, from the gene pool of Adam, which was cursed by sin. The very best that Jesus could do if He was born of earthly seed was to die for his own sin, but he could never justly die for the sins of all humanity. It required the blood of God to be shed, and so it required Jesus to be God in the flesh. And so he was. And my friends, according to what Jesus tells us here, except you believe that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. This is the difference between life and death there are mormon missionaries that will pedal from pillar to post today in 110 degree weather trying to some merit to somehow merit favor with 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 god but not truly believing that Jesus is God in the flesh, and they may be sincere, but they are sincerely wrong, and they are pedaling down a highway to hell, not the highway to heaven, and may I say to you that they must believe that Jesus is God in the flesh, or according to the words of Jesus himself, they will die in their sins." The Jehovah's Witnesses may be well-intentioned and well-meaning and very kind-hearted people and knock on your door with their watchtowers and talk about a form of religion, but they deny that Jesus is God and they will die in their sins. They have no hope. My friends, Jesus declared Himself to be who He is, and that is divine God dwelling in human form. And why did He do that? He wanted them to know that He alone was the one who could forgive sin and set them free from the tyranny and bondage of sin. And so thus we find, secondly, the emancipation. To emancipate someone is to set them free, to set them at liberty. And many years ago, our first, uh, one of our first Republican presidents, Abraham Lincoln, Signed the Emancipation Proclamation, thereby setting the slaves in America free. He set them free. And may I say to you that the Lord has come to make us free who are in the bondage of sin. In verse number 32, the Bible says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Shall what? Make you free. And normally, you know what people say? They say the truth shall set you free. That's what a lot of the newer translations put in their Bibles. But you know, it is the Lord that makes us free. It's not just some declaration. It's a work of grace that God has effected for us. And He thereby finished the work of setting us free through the forgiveness of sins. You see... It's a work of God that makes us free. It's not a work of man that frees himself. You shall know the truth. That's the Lord Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And by His finished work on the cross of Calvary, you and I have been set free. And if the Son therefore shall make you free, then are ye free indeed. The truth is that there are those that are living in a free country that are choosing to live in bondage. They are in bondage to sin. And Jesus explained that further as we look here in verse number 34. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the word servant is in the Greek. The same word that's translated bond slave or slave, and what we discover here is that those uh, that have never accepted the forgiveness and the freedom that comes from Jesus and the work that He has accomplished are in slavery. But my friends, when Jesus sets you free, you are free indeed. You have freedom forever. You are forgiven forever. Forever. There are many that are trying to get themselves saved. And if you can get yourself saved, then it would be on you to keep yourself saved. And yet the Bible reveals to us in First Peter chapter 1 and verse number 5 that we are kept by the power of God. I wasn't saved by anything that I did. I was saved by everything Jesus did. I simply took Him by faith. And I am not kept by anything that I do or choose not to do. I am kept by the power of God. I like that verse that says in uh, in Jude, verse number 25, uh, that now unto Him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the Father. My friend, understand that it is God alone that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before. Before God Almighty, you could never do that apart from His emancipating, liberating work. And the Bible tells us that all that the Father giveth to me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. We are saved forever. And God has given us His word. The Bible says in Psalm 119, Verse 89, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. And God gave a promise if the Son therefore shall make you free, then are ye free indeed. Not just temporarily, but eternally. You have the freedom that he has purchased with his own blood for all eternity. And yet, there are many that are trying to work their way into God's favor. And friends, you have gone back into a form of bondage just as the legalizers and the moralizers did in Galatia trying to somehow keep the Mosaic law and trust in what Christ did for them. And Paul said, Though I were an angel from heaven preach any other gospel than that ye have received. Let him be anathema or let him be accursed. And and friend, there is no other gospel than the finished work of Jesus Christ who came to set men free. And if He would do so in your life, then are ye free indeed. So the Lord declared Himself to be God. He revealed that He would emancipate them. And then there was a confrontation. He was talking to the religious and, and uh, legal rulers of the day in the, in the Pharisees. And we we understand that He confronted them with the truth. But you know what? The fact is that they didn't appreciate or like what he had to say. <laughs> Did you know that? And the fact is that all of us must have a confrontation with the truth. Now, I would tell you that I'm to live out the principles of the gospel such that others might see my life and know that there's something different about me. And hopefully that what that difference is is Jesus um, I'm, I'm to live in such a way in times of difficulty that others see that, look, there's something about his life that's different than what I'm experiencing. To, to have the joy of the Lord when things are going difficult and, and they look at that and they see that there's something different and, and they would desire to have what it is that I have and I'm, I'm living out the gospel by the life that I'm choosing to lead and, and each of us must do that because that is a part of our testimony which is our witness to the world. But my friends, not only should we live out the Christian life, but we must confront others with the truth. You see, that's exactly what Jesus did. He confronted these people with the truth here, and so too, we who have been called to carry out the Great Commission need to confront others with the truth. Each of us also must deal with the truth of who Jesus is, and The Lord confronted the Pharisees with the truth. And you see, the truth that He gave them was that they were the servants of sin. And they had to be willing to see themselves outside of Jesus, woefully undone, as in bondage and as slaves. And they were confronted with it. And the fact of the matter is, they didn't like that. And may I say to you that very few people who are told that they are sinners and in need of a Savior, appreciate us for confronting them with that truth. But the fact is that it is our responsibility, just as Jesus did, to confront folks with the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, how will they be saved? I'm reminded of a story that I read of in in one of the books written by uh, Charles Spurgeon and... and, uh, um, a lady came to Charles Spurgeon and said, Mr. Spurgeon, um, I don't like the way that uh, you go set about to try to win people to Jesus Christ. And he said, you know, I, I'm not sure I really like my way of doing it much either. How do you do it? And she said, well, I don't. And he said, well, I think I like the way I'm doing it better than the way you don't do it. The fact is 100% listen 100% of the people you don't tell will be unwarned. And so there was a confrontation that the Lord engaged the rulers of the Jews with the truth. But you know because they didn't appreciate what Jesus had to say what did they do? Well they began to attack him. They began to try to shoot the messenger. And here we see the denigration, not only His declaration that He is God and and the emancipation that He would set them free and the confrontation that they must receive the truth, but we see the denigration where they, they tried to cast doubt upon and impugn His character. And what we find is they did it in so many ways here. In verse number 22, then said the Jews, will. kill himself. They tried to suggest to the masses that he was suicidal, that he was mentally unstable and that you shouldn't follow after him because he's suicidal thinking that he was going to kill himself. And we look in verse number 41 and there they said unto him, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. And they called into question the birth of Jesus, suggesting that the Virgin Mary had sex outside of wedlock, and that Jesus was a bastard child, and that Mary was a whore. Can you imagine that? First they said, he's mentally unstable, he's suicidal. Then they said, his mother was a whore, and he is the child of fornication. Can you imagine that? Then in verse 48, they said, Say not we will that thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil? You know what? They said, you're not only a bastard born of a whore and you're unstable because you might want to kill yourself, but you're demon-possessed and you're a half-breed dog. That's what they said about the Samaritans. You recall? They called them dogs. Half-breeds. They had no respect for them. So here they're telling Jesus... You're unstable emotionally. You're suicidal. Your mother's a whore. You're a bastard. You're a half-breed dog. You're a liar, they told him. And you're demon-possessed. You think of that. And then in verse 57, they they try to ridicule him for his relatively young age, comparatively speaking. You're less than 50. Are you greater than... Uh, and, and and you've seen Abraham they, they were trying to put him to shame until finally in verse 59 they took up stones to stone him and I want you to think a little bit is that not a lot like the day in which we're living when people don't like the truth that you're telling they they start to denigrate you and put you down now now think about this with me all right if if um if you said you know I think the present president ought to ban certain Muslim countries from coming into our country because they're killing Christians in Syria. So the Syrians uh, should not be allowed to just come in wholesale. And, and the Iranians, they're chanting death to America. I don't think they should just be allowed to come into our country. And if you believe that, do you know what you are? You are an Islamophobe. That's what you are. That's what they call you. That's what they've called the present. You're an Islamophobe, all right. So now if you take the Bible in your hand and you say, I believe that the Bible tells us that homosexuality is a sin. And that that marriage is between one man and one woman, one woman for one man for life, that constitutes biblical marriage. Then you know what you are? You are a homophobe that's what you are and you know what they say that to make you look mean and to make you look ugly and to put you down there there are many other things if you say well i read the bible and it says the husband is the head of the of the wife and and uh, and that she's to be subject unto her husband and if you say that then uh, you are a misogynist that you want to subjugate women and that you're some sort of an evil person and they say that to put you down. They, they they begin to use identity politics to try to label you, to put a label on you, to make other people hate you. Isn't that what's happening in America today? Absolutely. If you don't agree with them, just write down the line, they've got all kinds of names for you. And you know what? These people didn't agree with what Jesus had to say about them being the, the servants of sin. And so they tried to put him down. But I want you to understand The truth was, the Lord said, you're in bondage, and they were in bondage. They said, we be of Abraham's seed, and we've never been in bondage to any man. Folks, that was a lie, wasn't it? If you know anything about the history of Israel, you know that they had been in bondage to Egypt, right? They'd been in bondage to the Babylonians and to the Assyrians, multiple times. And and the fact was that at that very moment where they they were saying, we've never been in bondage to any man, they were in bondage to Rome. They were under a tyrannical and despotic ruler that would slaughter babies and that would destroy the temple and do all manner of evil things. They were under bondage then. They refused to accept the truth. And so what they wanted to do was denigrate and shoot the messenger And my friend, it's no wonder that when we confront them with the truth of Jesus, they want to put labels on us and make us look like we are some sort of unstable, ugly idiot. They blasphemed our Savior saying the worst things imaginable about Him. Now, I I grew up in a different day. Some of you did too, right? Now, I grew up in the kind of day where if I got in trouble at school... I was in trouble when I got home. How many of you grew up like that? I mean, if I got a spanking at school, and they still spanked when I was in school, I got a spanking when I got home too. My parents weren't the kind that ran down to the school office and said, well, my kid would never do this or that. No, they supported the administration. That was just the way that it was. But there was one or two times where I I wouldn't get in trouble because there was a different rule and a different ethic on the playground. There were some things that you could do, and there were some things that you just never did. Alright? One of the things you never did was you never said something about another person's mama. How many of you know that? Now, look, if somebody said something about my mama, and I opened up a can of Muay tie on them, it was time to throw down, I might get in trouble at school for fighting, but when I got home, you know what Dad would say? boy. Thanks for defending your mama, right? Because that's just one thing you don't... Now, can you imagine, here's the Lord Jesus, and they're looking at Him saying, you're a half-breed bastard and your mother's a whore. You're a liar and a dog. You're unstable and you're demon-possessed. I think I would have said, hey, time out, everybody. I would have just started letting them all have it. How about you? And, and maybe listen for the Father from heaven to say, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. But the Lord in love made Himself of no reputation. And He humbled Himself so that we might be set free. As as blasphemous as they were, but let me say this. We not notice here not only His denigration, but we notice the personalization You see, the Bible tells us in verse 28, Jesus said unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am He, and that I do nothing of Myself, but as My Father hath taught Me, I speak these things. And He that sent Me is with Me. The Father hath not left Me alone, for I do always those things that please Him. As He spake these words, many believed on Him. Now I want you to understand they didn't all believe on him the the legal rulers the spiritual leaders they didn't believe on him the masses didn't believe on him but many of the people that were there they believed on Jesus you see it tells us that this is a personal matter this is not a national matter It's not a corporate matter, it's not an ecclesiastical matter, it's not a familial matter. This is a personal matter between you and your God. You see, Jesus in Matthew 16 asked the disciples and confronted Peter and said, Whom do men say that I am? He said, well, some say that you're Elias, and some Jeremiah, and some say you're John the Baptist. And Jesus said, Whom do you say that I, the Son of Man, am? And he said, I say unto thee that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And my friends, each of us must personally deal with the truth of who Jesus is. It's not enough just to know what the world thinks of Jesus, but what do you think? And who are you trusting because neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Jesus said, except ye believe that I and He, ye shall die in your sins. We have to believe that He alone is able to save us and that we can never save ourselves. Each of us must personally answer that question in order to be truly free forever. No one will get to heaven on daddy's coattails or mama's apron strings, we must get to heaven simply by placing personal faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ and the person of Jesus Christ alone. Who do you say that Jesus, the Son of Man, is? You see, He came to set men free. There are many of you that have been or perhaps know people that are, are are wrapped up in a bondage. Maybe it's bondage to drugs. Maybe it's to alcohol. Maybe it's to bitterness or other sinful things. Maybe it's tobacco. They're in a in a bondage to those things. And uh, sometimes what happens is people that love those people that are in bondage they get together. And they they have a meeting. And what do they often call that meeting? They call it an intervention. In in 12-step teaching, it's we're going to have an intervention because they're headed down a path and we're going to jump in the way and we're going to confront them with their problem. You know what? People don't often appreciate someone having an intervention with them. But until someone admits that they have a problem, there's little chance that they're going to find help for the problem. And until someone admits that they're in bondage to sin, and there's a penalty that follows that, there's little chance that they'll be helped. The fact is, Jesus came to make them free indeed. And while we may be free, God wants us to be involved in the work of telling others how they can be free. Truly free. There's never been a needier time in all of our country's history. The Bible says, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Listen, I desire for America to see a spiritual healing but it's going to begin by those who have been made truly free, capturing the burden to tell their loved ones. Because, listen, America is not going to be saved through politics. It's not going to be saved through legislation. How is it going to be saved? By God's people determining to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world and having the heart of God. Because, listen, people are not going to stop hating other people, until God changes their heart. You can't legislate that out of their heart. God's got to change that in them. And what's required is a conversion. That means to change them, to transform them into what God wants for them to be. And that will never happen until we decide We're going to be a part of a broad sweeping revival of declaring who Jesus is and who we are outside of Him and that Jesus can set us truly free and He alone has the ability and power to save. And would to God that a revival would break forth that would cause others to know that we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And might that revival begin in each of us. May begin today. Heavenly Father, we thank You for a loving Savior who knows everything about us and chooses to love us anyway. God, I pray that You would help us each one to answer the central question of the age. Who do You say that Jesus is? Lord, even as the Jews who were in bondage refused to admit that truth, May we humble our hearts before You and may we see a revival break forth in hearts. Lord, please. Our heads are bowed for just a moment this morning. Perhaps there's someone seated here today that would say, Pastor Mark, I've listened to the message and in my heart of hearts, I do not even know that if I died today that I would go to heaven. And I'm concerned about that. If that's you, I don't want to embarrass you at all, but I'd like to remember you in prayer. And Today, if you're not certain that if you died today, your sins are forgiven, and that you're truly free on your way to heaven, but you're concerned about that, what if you just slip your hand up and say, pray for me, Pastor. Is there someone like that? And perhaps there's someone that would say, Pastor, I know that I've been set free, but I know some people that I love that they're still in that bondage of sin. and You would say, Pastor, pray for me that I would be willing to confront them with the truth and tell them how that they can be truly free. Here's my hand. Pray for me. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you today. Our Father and our God, we thank You for the confidence that we have that when the Son sets us free, we are free indeed. Help us, Lord, to live out what we believe. And may you receive the glory, honor, and praise for it. For this we ask in the lovely name of Jesus. Amen.